Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hey everyone, welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thanks for listening. My guest today is Gary Brightwell. And before we get to Gary, I'm going to give a few announcements. Number one, our website is TravelTalesPodcast.com. And there you'll find photos of the guests, some stories that they've written. You'll find stories that I've written. You'll find links to their social media. And you'll find links to our social media. And our social media is Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram. That's where I post most of the stuff regularly. So if you're going to follow us anywhere... Follow us on Instagram, will you? And we're on Travel Tales Pod on Twitter, or X as it's called, and I don't really uh, frequent there very much, I'll be quite honest. But hey, we're still there. We have a Facebook page. If you can give more love to that, I would appreciate that. And also on YouTube. I don't plug the YouTube channel. I don't know why, but uh, that's, uh, that's important. So find us on YouTube. It's under Travel Tales Podcast, and you'll see reels of... Uh, travel videos that I've posted all over the place. Subscribe there. And none of this costs you anything to subscribe. And speaking of costing nothing, how about giving us a good rating on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts? I do know, and I've been informed by the good people at Stitcher, that Stitcher is no more. And we've had a link up to Stitcher uh, since day one, at TravelTalesPodcast.com, so i got to take that down. I'm probably going to need some web help to do that, because that kind of thing is not my bag. So if anybody wants to give some WordPress help, I would appreciate that. But still, the point is the same, and the point is giving us a good rating at all those platforms, because it boosts our presence and helps more people find the show, and that would be a cool thing for you to do. If you think you'd be right for the show, or you know somebody who might be a good guest for the show, or you want to write me and ask some travel questions, or just say nice things, you can write me at TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That is TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. Since January, I've been living full-time in what they call the South Bay of Los Angeles, which is the nickname for the South Santa Monica Bay cities, beach cities. They're all south of the LAX airport. They consist of towns like El Segundo, Manhattan Beach, Hermosa Beach, Redondo Beach, and Palos Verdes. It's a nice area. I'm enjoying my time down here. But when I moved in with my girlfriend, I had to find a little space for myself to record. And believe me, I don't need a lot of room to record or to live, really. I jettisoned most of my furniture, pretty much all of it. My minimalism has been put to the test, and I've been passing with flying colors. But I did want a little space of my own, so I kind of took over the garage and used it as a man cave. I hate that term, man cave, but it, it is kind of that, my office. I got a little desk down here. I got my microphone set up, but I haven't conducted an interview down here yet until today. My friend Gary Brightwell, who is in my neighborhood, a longtime resident of my new neighborhood, he grew up here. He grew up in Redondo Beach, a California native. Gary is a comedian, a funny comedian who has toured around the country over the years. He has toured the world doing USO shows. We'll talk about that. And he performs regularly with the great Brian Regan, 
who's a, one of the best stand-ups out there working. He plays only theaters. That's how big he is. And Gary has the sweet gig of opening for Brian in a lot of his shows. He'll actually be on the East Coast this weekend working with Brian. You can follow him on Instagram at Gary underscore Brightwell. But I've been meaning to have him on the show for years, and I'm glad he's the one who can christen this new quote-unquote studio. So please enjoy my chat with comedian and friend Gary Brightwell. I think it was 9-11, right after, then it was really popular for celebrities to go over and entertain the troops. Yeah. And the USO literally sent an email to all of us who'd been working there, like doing stuff for them for 10 years, saying that uh, comedy wasn't um, high profile, celebrity high profile enough, so they were going to discontinue. So they're doing musicians and stuff? Musicians and then football players and, uh, yeah, and uh, you know, back then it was, you know, George Clooney and Drew right. Carey and all those people were doing that. But they weren't going, they weren't going to bases and stuff that we were going. They were just going straight to Baghdad. They were staying at the hotel, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and they would do a show uh, at the base right there at the Baghdad airport and... You know, where we were going, you know. You go to those bases out in the middle of nowhere. Nowhere. Yeah, where there'd be like, you know, maybe 25 guys standing around. <laughs> 25 guys? 25 guys, and you're, and you're standing on like a like a pallet, <laughs> you know. No no sound system of those, you know, because they just didn't have it. We didn't, we weren't traveling with one. And even if we could have it, there was really no, there was no electricity for them to... Right. To stick us outside. So you had no microphone. No microphone. So it isn't like, I've done shows with like no mics before. I've done like TV sets. But it's when you're used to holding something in your hand, yes. it's weird. It I is mean, very weird. You have to like really consciously go, oh, what am I doing with my yeah, hands? Yeah, you don't know what you're doing yeah, with right. your hands. It's like. It's strange. Yeah. So yeah, we'd be out there. And then like I said, some bases we'd go to, they were expecting us and we'd get there and then they'd had a an incident where they had some soldiers die and they were, you know, and then all of a sudden the, the commanding officer was like, we're really not in the mood to laugh, but if you guys just want to hang out and talk to the guys and it was like, that's what we would do. Stuff, stuff like that, you know? So what is the kind of like instructions they give you before you, okay, you take on a USO gig. I'm sure they do a background check on you and make sure you're not some right. Al Qaeda. Yeah. Sp- <laughs> spy. I think that's basically what it was. And then did, but did they tell you, look, um, yeah, what kind of briefings did they give you? Like security, is there a way to behave on a base, and what they tell you not to do, and stuff to not joke about? Did they tell well, you about they, that? they didn't really tell you certain things to not joke about, but you know, you could just tell certain things. You know, you, you definitely didn't you didn't make fun of the current administration. You know, right. see, I saw, and I'm not political guy anyway, so I had no problems. I mean, I was. I was happy talking about how crappy their bathrooms were and stuff <laughs> right. like, yeah, how bad the conditions are, and you know, did they? Have who, did, who did you guys piss off to be right here? You know, and yeah. stuff like that. That's that kind of stuff. So, like, was there three of you, four of you? Sometimes there was five of us. Wow. Oh, I mean, did they, take let me let me back up a little bit. So I did USO until they no longer wanted to do the comedy tours, uh, and when we do the comedy tours, it usually was like three comedians. Uh, 
so I thought it was all gone. And then later on, there was a there was a guy. Uh, his name is Rich Davis from Davis Entertainment. I don't even know if he does shows anymore. He lives in Canada now, but he used to work at USO and thought that the comedy shows were great. So when he stopped working at USO, he opened up his own company. And he was putting on shows over there called Comics on Duty. Okay. And he would bring five comedians. So it was a good, fun thing to do because you were with, you know, four of the really great guys that you know. And they were all headline comics and just everybody doing 20 minutes. So, you know, they got, you know, the troops got a big, big show, you yeah. know, almost a two hour show. And, and you were. Fine, but you did a lot of shows. You I mean some day, some days we did like five in a day. Oh man! And then that's five different bases. That means like do a show, shake hands, sign some autographs. You get why a... they would want our autograph? I don't know. But we <laughs> you had get a jeep or a helicopter. Or what do you do? Some yeah, helicopters. We did. You know, when I was in Iraq the first time through, it was all Black Hawk helicopters in the night, Oof. nighttime flying. There was no longer day flights. That's scary. Yeah. Yeah, because we had one real kind of creepy thing happen like day one. So. Well, let's talk about it. All right, sounds like a travel tale. It was to hard. Me. It was not. It was. A, we were we were waiting in line to get on uh, some Blackhawk helicopters to get to the next base, but we were there with a lot of other uh, soldiers and stuff. Everybody's waiting to get on helicopters and go somewhere. So they were like, you know, and they kept telling us, you know, all right, you guys are next and. Of course, we get up, to get ready to grab all our stuff, and, and of course, we weren't next. And it really got comical. It happened like five times. So the guys go, Doesn't, this, this next one is for sure you guys. We're like, all right. We grabbed all our stuff. And that same guy goes, oh, I hate to do this to you dudes, but you're on the next one. We got guys going on these ones. The people that got up on those, you know, they left. And then we got on the next ones, and we went up maybe 25 feet in helicopters and came straight back down, and they said, everybody off, we've had an incident. The ones that we were supposed to be on, those crashed. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was day one, first day in Iraq. Was everybody killed on them? Everybody. Oh, my God. What happened, they, uh, somebody had shot, shot at them, and, uh, oops, uh, one of the helicopters went to avoid the air-to-ground missile that was shot at them and hit the other helicopter, and they both. Oh, God. Yeah, that was that. Uh, so it was, that was a hard one, you know? That was one of those things where man, people go, like, oh, my God, it could have been you. Isn't it, did it bug you out? I was like, to me, it didn't. I was thinking, oh, my God, there's, you know, there's 16 families now whose right. lives just got tipped upside down, you know? So. And now you go from that to, hey, it's a comedy show, everybody. <laughs> right, Here's exactly. Joke. Exactly, yeah. So we had to oh. spend an extra day in that, at that base that we were at, and then we... And at that point, that was, it was only night ops, you know, my, night flights from then on for... Oh, my God. At least for the week and a half or two weeks I was on. I was there. So, Oof. yeah, it was kind of... It was that was bad, and then uh, I want to say like three years later, I think I was watching some documentary on on HBO, and they talked about uh, a couple of helicopters that crashed, and they were interviewing the families, and I was like, "Oh, I wow. think this is the people. This is the flight that we were almost." Jeez. It was crazy. Yeah, you know, I didn't get to do it. I wanted to do some USO shows, but then like so in two thousand two, I got my job at TBS. Oh, okay. So it was like 
literally one year after 9-11 when, the, when a lot of the, uh, the shows, like the, yeah. like the touring shows, really started ramping up and hiring people. I got a gig back in L.A. that I had to be here every week. Yeah. So I couldn't really take off. Yeah. So I really wanted to do them, but uh, it never got to that. And the schedule never worked out. And then when I had the time, when all the shows ended, right. they pretty much stopped doing the shows. And, you know, I want to say the war was over. It wasn't over, but, <laughs> right. you know, they really stopped. It was old news by that point. Yeah. But it's sad when a war becomes old news, but it did. Um, so when you took the gig, was you don't have to talk about money, but was it taking it more of like, I want to do this? I mean, this part of that is like, I want to do it, but was it a monetary hit from like during the clubs or was it? Um, it was a little bit of both. Uh, yeah. I wanted to do it just to do it. Um, I obviously didn't have any work those weeks. <laughs> so I was happy that, you know, it, <laughs> I have things on my calendar. Uh, and we got paid okay. You know, it wasn't as much as you'd make at a club in the States or anything like that, but it was worth. It was worth going and doing it for the experience. Like I said, I didn't have anything going on, so you know, because they pay, you know, they pay for your flights and they pay, you know, you you eat with the troops and you yeah, know, the, the food's not the greatest, but it is what it is. <laughs> your rations, yeah. right? Exactly. Your and, shit on a shingle, yeah, or whatever and you your your uh, airfare is all taken care of and stuff like that. And you fly commercial until you get into country, you know. Yeah, with yeah, a, yeah. With, You know, I sound like I'm a real into country but that's what they always that's what but they did you it. get to see like i heard of you, you hear all these stories of these guys going through like saddam's old palace well yeah that was like the that. first time we were like we were the first group of comedians to go through when iraq first started wow okay so we were the first ones and i'm i, I almost can remember everybody uh scott henry me robert hawkins uh I think John Bazaar. Anyways, but uh, yeah. So the <laughs> the first time, so you, you you fly commercial in. We I think we flew in to to Cutter, and then you're processed in there, and then they fly you in like a C one thirty into wherever, and then from then on you're on helicopters uh-huh. the whole time. Bathrooms were nothing but uh, porta potties. They didn't have any bathrooms, and I was <laughs> I remember my first time I was like. Any other bathrooms on the porta potties? Guy goes, "Nope, you better get used to this if you're not." And, and I was like, "Not a, I did not dig that." But now, oh, you could, you could stick me in a porta potty in a NASCAR right. event. I don't, <laughs> I don't think it. Well, I heard the um, wasn't there a, uh, a somebody showed me a photo of like these guys who were on patrol or on these really remote bases. Basically, their the urinal was just a tube. Into oh the yeah, the P tubes. Yeah, into the yeah, yeah P tubes <laughs> just right into the ground. Uh, but it was, but we were first ones there, and so they hadn't really caught Saddam yet, you know. Yeah, and so we would go to places, and a couple of nights we stayed in the palaces, so, and they were like, oh, wow, they were bombed out. You know, you'd go into a certain room, and there'd be a huge hole in the roof where it had been totally bombed out. There was no. No real furniture and stuff like that. They're like, all right, you guys are in that room over there. It was, you know, there's probably like a 35 room palace yeah. that you were staying in. But, but I kept thinking, <laughs> what if he's he's like oddly just living in the walls some down right. in this this particular palace? You know, he's got some weird hideaway the place. Or right. Just in the middle of the night, you just can see some guy walking through in his underwear eating Doritos or something. <laughs> like, oh my god, wait a minute, there he is. You're that guy. It's a, um. <laughs> How did your opinions or your 
What? How was it different when you saw it to what you thought it would be? Like the first time you went to like the Middle East. Um, it was, it was eye opening, but it was I wasn't surprised by it. I was more surprised by the people's attitude here. I mean, obviously, no one likes war, so there's always going to be people who are like, uh, you know. But you get over there and you talk to the people, and they're like, "Well, we're here to we're here." You know, we're we're helping as much as we can. You know, they said, "Well, yeah, we'll blow things up." He says, "But then we go right in and fix it." You know, schools <laughs> and stuff that get damaged. He says, "We go in and fix it, or we 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 get their water supply better than they had it before, and stuff like that." So there's there's elements that are a little bit more you know eye opening than what you see here. You know, just on the news and stuff like that, you know, because they are doing some stuff, but whether or not you agree with it, that's up to you. Now, was USO just Army, or were you other branches? Was there, like, Marines? Was there Navy? Or was well, it... USO is everybody. Yeah. And same and same thing was with uh, Comics on Duty, because they weren't affiliated. Uh, so, you go to certain bases, and you would, you know, like, what 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 kind of base are we going to? And they go, oh, it's a it's an Army base. You go, oh, Okay. You know, they go, we're going to an Air Force base. You're like, all right, sweet. Air Force Force is always nicer. Okay. Like I said, people people ask me, my kids think about going to the military. What would you suggest? And I always say this, and this is just based upon idiot comic traveling bases all over the world. (laughs) Air Force first. It's the harder test, too, I, I believe. Then Navy. Then marines and then army army is like the last of the last sadly and you know nobody should be you know nobody should have more stuff you know than another branch but it sometimes happens that way you know you go to an air force base and they had a like a their version of a Starbucks, and, uh, and uh, you know, and they had, yeah, they the had some Force? fast food, and then you go to the army base, and they were like, Is there a coffee place around there? They go, You just gotta wait till Chow opens up, you know, right? It's like, oh my god, is that because I mean, I, I would assume it's the Air Force bases are farther away from the action, yeah, but you know, they need you know, bigger area to land, they got to be more out in the middle of nowhere, and yeah, and there's so a lot of safer th- out there, there's a lot more people to keep the planes running and and all that right. kind of i i would assume i don't know but he there was always a better you know it was always a <laughs> you're always happier when you're on an air force base than when you were on right on, on the marines and the marines don't really care like eh, it's good enough you know right do they like do the other is it is a situation where all the other soldiers like in like the army guys make fun of always. this branch they, and they all make fun do. of each other and you tell them you know you get on stage and you can make fun of you know Right. You know, Who's the easiest target? Marines? Oh, always the Air Force. Oh, the Air Force? Yeah, because they're... they're yeah, exactly. So everybody will jump on ship. Yeah. You know, the minute you say, you know, Where, where's, my, where's my wussy Air Force people? <laughs> Woo! You know, just totally pandering to the crowd. Right. But... <laughs> well, who does the Air Force make fun of? The Coast Guard? Yeah, I would assume so. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, That's got to be but, weird. But yeah, but it's... You would always be happier when you're on the Air Force base for some... Right. Just the bathrooms are better, the sleep, you know, your quarters where they'd put you and Did you stuff think like, that. like I know you did this and I you know you and I neither of us served. Right. But when you looked at them and you know they're really young, you know, these right. kids are like 18, 19 years old. Yes. Did you look at it and go, "Okay, when I was 18, 19, I could have 
done it. Or I, I didn't want, I had no desire to when right. I won, but I was like, if I had to, I, I could have. Did you think that? Or did you like, no way in hell? I had no desire, you know. Yeah. When I, like I said, when I was, on, when I was 18, I was like, oh, I'm going to college. I'm right. going to do this. And this is this is my path, you know. And then a lot of it runs through families, too. Like, if if you're a military right. family, it kind of gets passed down. A lot yeah, of those guys. exactly. And, and women. Sometimes I look at it now, you kind of go, man, if I just, I could have put in, you know, I don't even know what it, how many years you can put in, like, before you get a pension, lifetime pension, and yeah. free medical for the that rest of your life, nice. all yeah. that stuff is actually <laughs> right. you're like, wow, you, you know, be, you could be a mailman and get that for twenty. <laughs> right. You have to do that. I think in twenty eight, I was still slogging it in the clubs, and I was yeah. like, oh, I could have been done and out and started. I got a pension. I got a health insurance. And started now. my comedy career yeah. now. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, they're thinking about that. It's like, well, they're still hiring at the post office. Like, mm. like comedian Steve Mazon, he he was in the he's a Navy guy. He was a Navy guy. He was, he was on a, the show. Yeah, yeah, fun. he was on the submarine. He was a submariner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says, and by the way, no way would I do that. No. Submarine, just him talking about. I've it never been horrible. on. I've only been on a submarine once, and that was just a tour. We walked yeah. through the uh, Dallas. Oh, that it cramped. Was. Like, oh, it's an amazing piece of of engineering oh, yeah. it's i don't know who figured it out how they <laughs> figured it out whatever but yeah it's tight quarters that hot bunky like Ooh. there's no way if, if you weren't an officer like, if you weren't an officer there's no way you would want to be on a submarine no, not at all yeah, <laughs> did he yeah. tell you about the hot bunking yeah yeah yes share a bed with the with two other guys yeah yeah you take eight hour shifts and you're getting in the yeah. same sheets and they uh, had one washer and dryer for the whole submarine, want and it and it looked like those little apartment, you know, or right. ones that you would have in a mobile home. It was about that big, and if you missed your day, yeah, you, you oh. just you're just gonna have dirty clothes. Even being on the the biggest aircraft carrier, which are like mm-hmm. floating cities, I mean, they're enormous. They're amazing. they're amazing. Even that would get. I mean, I do cruise ships, and I'm ready to get off the you know yeah. after a few weeks. Just... I've been on five carriers, wow. five different carriers. And uh, I think they're amazing. I have a blast every single time I go. But I'm only on it for four days. Right. Five, you know, I think we did one. We did a week on one. Uh, that was the only time. A lot of times we would just go out and then we'll be on the carrier and we do like four shows, you know, basically on the carrier. And then then you you fly off or boat off or whatever uh but one of them we went out and we stayed on the aircraft carrier and then we took helicopters to all the support ships and did shows and that was so you'd like i oh, can't wait to get back to the carrier that was like yeah. our, our big hotel what was <laughs> yeah. your what were your uh accommodations like on the carriers are nice they were you have to share we shared with the other comics it was like double Two guys. T- yeah Okay. Uh, no, just bunk. You, know, you and bunk one other beds. guy. Me and one other guy. You know, okay. so there was like bunk bed type uh, deal, but you still had to walk down the hallway to a the to a toilet and yeah. a shower and the head. Yeah, <laughs> I'm using all the nautical terms over there. But that was the thing. I would, Starboard, they would give you like a, almost like a key card. That was a big one of the big jokes I would do. Where I go, yeah, and I go, if you're an officer, you get to use the officer's head, and they give you a key card to get. And let me tell you, people. If that's any incentive for you to move up in rank, just stay the hell where you are. Because right. officers don't clean shit. They, it's <laughs> dirty. It's like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> oh, God. 
Well, the, uh, like, so how many tours did you do? I went to Iraq twice. I went to Afghanistan three times. And that was like Afghanistan. One of, the, one of them was Afghanistan, Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan. Uh, um, and then I've done, I've done uh, Japan, Korea, Okinawa. And then I've done, for USO, I did like Spain, Greece, Italy, England, Germany, Norway... Uh, my very first, my very first USO was Thule, Greenland. Oh, yeah! Wow. I still haven't been to Greenland. Not many people have. I mean, no, and that's the base the there. Base up there. The bear, yeah, the base up there is where uh, they track satellites and and all and all that kind of stuff. And it's I think it's like six or eight hundred miles from the physical North Pole. Wow! So it's high up. And what time of year was this? We were there in January. So it's dark 24-7. It's dark 24-7. It kind of got like dusk around <laughs> 3 in the afternoon. Where's time to go? Right. Uh, it was a Christian Slater prison. Wow. It was, you could walk around all you wanted to, but you weren't going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was like, it, yeah, it was dark. It was, it was, it was so cold that it wouldn't snow, but whatever right. moisture was in, it would just form like snow on the ground but mm-hmm. it never actually physically snowed um yeah and we had to do two shows uh to the same people oh no which they didn't tell you you know yeah they, you know they're so like you oh you, you gotta, gotta do two shows but you have to be there a whole week because there's week? only fly there was only one flight oh, in right. and out on a thursday so you fly in on a thursday you did a show friday saturday and then, then and you had hanging to, around. You had to hang around Greenland for. What did you do? <laughs> well, we we uh, golfed. They had like a simulator golf thing. There was bowling, and like two or three lanes. But you had to wait your, you know, because you have to. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of ping pong, a lot of pool. How many soldiers are up there? It's not a lot. It's like it's a. I, don't, I, I was told, though, if you did a year in Greenland, then you could basically write your own ticket wherever yeah. you wanted to go the very That's next... That's like you'd be sent yeah. to Siberia. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, but like I said, the first time there, we did... Like, we got there Thursday, and they go, they go what's going on Thursday? And I'm like, oh, we're just going to go to the bar where we're going to do the show anyway. So we're in there, we're drinking. I'm getting a little drunk and telling stories and having fun. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting... I'm sitting underneath looks like a like a bell and the the little rope to the clapper is hitting me in the head. I'm telling stories and this thing's hitting me in the head. <laughs> Finally at one point I went I rang the bell and I go, What is this? And the whole bar went, Hey Oh no And I'm like, uh, what I just do? And the bartender goes, Uh, you just bought everybody a drink? <laughs> and I go, Oh, okay. She goes, That's gonna be expensive. <laughs> And I go, that's okay. And I throw her a credit card. She goes, yeah, we don't take those up here. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, well, I have cash back in my room. So I was like, <laughs> oh, no. How much was a drink? Drinks weren't much. You know, you, you, know, you, could, buy, yeah. you could buy a beer for $2.50. Oh, well, they have those on the ship, too, in the officer's bar, too. They, right. That bell there right there, and you ring it. Yep, everybody. Yeah. Everybody gets that. 
But that, you know, that's when now, I mean, that was my first time ever doing military shows. So I was like, I better learn everybody's custom, you know, (laughs) you know, so like, you know, so you go into a bar, if you have a ball cap on, I mean, hat off, you know, because you don't know, you don't know their rule. Okay. Yeah. 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 But I, you know, I was with somebody who had their hat on and we walked into the bar in, uh, in Cuba and Guantanamo Bay and the whole place went, lead. And they're like, what? what is that? Why? What's the big? That deal? was their tradition. No hats. No hats. In. So if you wore it, if you forgot to take it off before you walked in the bar, you had to buy everybody a drink. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> it wasn't me. It I was, a, it was, a it was another regulation. No, it was just another comic. Right, right, I right. think it could be a, a military thing too. Where they don't want your your hat on while you're in, unless it's an while you're indoors. Hat. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But okay, yeah. So it was, it. so you learn a little things like that everywhere you go. <laughs> <laughs> they, I always hear the stories about um, about them messing with you, like you know, taking you up in a plane and like pulling G's in the in the uh, a jet plane or making trying to get you to throw up in the helicopter or scaring the hell out of you. Yeah, I never I never had that. I only had it once when we were flying into Cuba and one of the other comedians uh, didn't didn't like to fly very much, and so they did a couple of those those little weird parabolal. Oh, they the, where they kind of go up and then drop. Quickly. Yeah, so so yeah, all of a sudden, yeah, stomach goes up to your. Yeah, you go high. You know, you make a mouth, little yeah. loop up up top, and it. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, "You guys!" Like then they go, "Oh, it's clear turbulence," and yeah. you know, so they were laughing about that. Yeah, but right. other than that, no one's really. They asked us if we wanted to do stuff like in the Black Hawk helicopters. They go, "Do you guys want to do some mapping?" And I was like, "What is mapping?" And they would get very low, and through the canyons they would, Ooh. and it was. It was really very cool and fun. <laughs> but as long as you knew what was going to happen, right. you know, it was, it was like a little roller coaster. Was there thing. a guy in, on there with the, at the gun? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Wow, yeah. He had two pilots, a gunner. Yeah. It was just, I think it was just two pilots and a gunner. Oof. Man. You know, and they're looking at... Did you see a masked, like a marked difference between Afghanistan and Iraq when you went to both? Very similar. Okay. Very similar. I've never been either. Afghanistan. It, when we you'd fly into Afghanistan, you flew you flew in a uh, what they call a C one thirty, and they're like a cargo plane, right? Whatever, and they they are slow. They, oh. I was like, they only go as fast to stay aloft, is what I kept thinking. <laughs> but to fly into uh, Bagram Airport in Afghanistan, there's uh, mountains all the way around, and so where the where the air base is, you have to corkscrew into it. Oh, so they would get very very high and then kick it, and they went and then land, and that that was also to avoid any kind of surface to air stuff that the Afghanis mm-hmm. might be shooting at you, stuff like that. So that was a weird thing, and I got to do that while I was in the cockpit. Oh God! Hey, we'd go up. They had a little jump seat. They go, "You guys want? If anybody wants you to ride in the cockpit or take turns, let us know." <laughs> you know, so so I was up there when we corkscrew into that thing, and it's, you know, I, I even asked the guys. I was like, "How many, how many of you wanted to be jet pilots, and now you're stuck on this?" And they were like, <laughs> "None of us. These are the things. This, this is the workhorse. This is what makes us run." Right. Like, yeah, like, don't tell you, me you didn't see yeah, top yeah, Exactly. Don't tell me you want to be Maverick and <laughs> driving this, you know, tow truck or whatever you're. Right. Exactly. Guy. 
moving van you're driving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Well, I had Jamie Kaler on once before, too. Oh, okay. He, he was in the Navy, right. too. But he was... Uh, he admitted it. You know, he joined like in 84 or something right out of high school. And he's like, yeah, Top Gun worked on me. Yeah. It totally worked. I mean, if you look at it, you know, it was right during the whole Reagan kind of, it was <laughs> right. a recruiting film. That's that's why they got so much access right. on those bases because it was such a, a you know, pro-military thing. And and their, um, their applicants or whatever, you know, recruits right. just jumped up after that movie. I mean, everybody was <laughs> right. like, I'm going to be Maverick. And like... No, you're yeah. gonna be, you know, scraping yeah. the bird poop off. Yeah, the exactly. Everyone, runway. like I said, when, like, as you know, and if you guys go to my, or if you follow me on Instagram or whatever, like that, I have this thing I do every Friday called Space Force Friday. <laughs> right. And basically, I, when Donald Trump decided he was going to open up a space force, it was one of those things where I, I've done enough of these things. And I was like, we don't need this. This is just another waste. It's not really a waste of money, but you're not. The, the yeah. military's not going to turn free money down. No, of course. Uh, of course. They get all so, the money. Right, exactly. So they weren't going to turn any of this down. So I decided uh, every Friday I'm just going to post the kookiest space pictures <laughs> I can. But when it first started, I was like, people like, ah, Space Force. Yeah, you can join the Space Force. And, and you know, I was like, yes, not everyone's going to be an astronaut. Yeah. There are still going to be people who, who it's gonna be clean the latrines, who cut hair, who, you know, you're going to be a cook. You're not. Yeah. It's, it's going like, to be a lot of people sitting in front of computer screens. Yes. You know what it is? It's just like. Well, yeah, that's that's it. That's the other crazy thing. Like, we were in Pakistan once, and that's where we were taking. That's where they were uh, sending drones out. And, you know, these drones were huge. The I think it was the Predator drone or whatever like that. I don't know. I think so. I don't know. I could be wrong. Uh but they're, they they take off from the base there, and they you the the people who take off and land are in a little teeny trailer at a computer screen, and they're like video guys. Yeah. That yeah. one got covered. Yeah, as long as there's not. And a then physical once they get up, to, then <laughs> once they get up to altitude, somebody in Las Vegas uh, at the base in Las Vegas, they take over the mission. Oh, okay. And they run it by computer and everything in Las Vegas. But to take off and land, they still had to have somebody physically there in a trailer right there. And they had flight suits. Ugh. Flight suits, really? Yeah, they were wearing flight suits like they were pilots. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, come on, guys. I mean, and then this one guy, he was heavy. It, it was like a yes. sausage casing zip-up <laughs> thing. And Well, they uh, say that now. It's just like you know, recruiting, recruits are down, numbers are down. Right. For a lot of different reasons. But one of the reasons, at least in America... Is that the the kids are so out of shape now that a lot of them can't right. pass the physical requirement? You right, know, a lifetime yeah. of you know fast food and and video games, right, right, and just uh, they can't do it. But their thumbs work great, you know. <laughs> so they're born drone pilots, right. you know. But I mean, if they got to yeah. get out in the field, we're screwed. You right, know? exactly. There's just not a lot of guys who could do it, and women or people who want to. But that's a whole different thing. But what was like? I've never been to like. What did you go Kurdistan? And that was in Pakistan. We were there for like a couple. Like, yeah, before you said when day. you went to Tajikistan or, or uh, Uzbekistan, Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan. I get my stands mixed up. And Uzbekistan was wild. It was. We decided to go into town. Okay. You know, we were on base, and they go, "Hey, we're going to take you guys into town. Why don't you go over here and go to the uh, get money exchange, exchange some money, 
And I, I was like, I don't know how much I should exchange. I'll, I'll, I'll exchange me a hundred bucks. Okay. For lunch, if we go have something to eat, if I they see gave something like this, eight million local it, dollars. It, it was it was comical how much you would have thought I was on. I was I was buying kilos of cocaine. Right. You know, it was just so much. There was enough. no. I'm gonna buy souvenirs <laughs> now. And I can tell you, countries like that, I've tried to change money from those countries. After you come home, it's like, nobody wants it. Nobody. You no, you just stuck. I still got, like, Ethiopian money I cannot get rid of. Like, 50 <laughs> bucks worth. I'm begging. I'm thinking of going to leave a little Ethiopia there. Right. And I was like, are any of you guys going home for Christmas or anything? Like, just like, take, I'll take it. Take it with you. Because I cannot unload it. Every exchange place was like, nope, no thanks. Yeah. What, did you buy something? Like a I don't, crazy hat? They had, like a, they had, like, a... Like a well, flea market thing. I think I bought some trinkets sure. there and then gave them out when I come home. And I don't, I don't know if they <laughs> even survived. Yeah. How, how long they... But it's, isn't it fascinating to know? I mean, again, not to be political, but I mean, when people say we don't have an empire, we do. We're in every... Yeah. We're in like 90 we're, different we're countries the or place. something. We yeah. have bases and places. I, did, I just found out tonight, right now, that we have a place in Greenland... Yeah, you know, you know, and I'm finding out later. Like, we have bases in Antarctica. Mm-hmm. We have bases in all throughout Africa, and uh, I mean, we, everywhere. We did everywhere. a show in the Pacific, and there's a there's a man made island out there called Johnston Island. Okay, and it is uh, the full circumference of the island is I think ten miles. In circumference, so you, you could it's just go a runway and a base. Basically? It's a runway and a base, and it's it's <laughs> where they dismantle chemical weapons. Wow! And so you go in, you fly in, you land, and then as soon as you land to get off the plane, you go through a, like a little. You have to sit through like a thirty-minute training video, and then they give you um, injections and stuff in case there is some kind of chemical spill chemical weapons accident that you get to that you you shove this thing into your leg like kind of like an EpiPen whatever and then get to a thing and you're supposed to carry this thing everywhere you go everywhere you go and it's like having a briefcase with you and so you know that's a little kind of crazy when you first get there and you're like (laughs) wait what wait so all those soldiers are carrying these things everywhere you get wow. done with the thing, they give you, they issue you your suitcase, and they go, we got to, yes, the guy in church, we got to carry this thing? He goes, no, nah, leave him in the truck. <laughs> Nothing's going to happen. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. You don't but be there still, the one day it yeah, the one day it happens, right, you yeah, know. Dismantle a chemical weapon. But the reason yeah. I guess they do it there, because the wind always blows one way, so if there's an, an accident, yeah. you know, all toward, this stuff. Toward the Philippines blow or toward the, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not Hawaii. It'll build. That was funny because I went with uh, Danny Viapondo, and we did everything we could in the one day that we were there. We we snorkeled. We oh, it's got to be pristine because there's nobody. Oh, diving. We, we like I said we we went snorkeling, but we had to go. You know, you had to pass us your suitcase. No, you had to pass a swimming. <laughs> First off, you had to pass a swimming test. They want to make oh, sure God. that you could right. you know drown there. Right, exactly. So you pass the swimming test. And then you go watch a video of like all the whatever sharks and stuff to avoid sure. and stuff like that. And so we're off, and literally, <laughs> we're not in the water twenty minutes. 
and all of a sudden this white tip shark kind of comes towards us and Danny and I turn around and, and quickly but not as you know as quick as we can without being a thing right. swim to the edge <laughs> be fond looks at me and goes you done snorkeling I'm done snorkeling you done? I'm like yeah I think I'm done that's funny yeah, now I want to now, now I wanna it was a there. blast yeah it was a blast but they feed the sharks oh they're not supposed to do that they they do that with the, all the scraps and stuff from food. There's a day, oh, no. and they, they, at, the, at a certain time of the day, they'll go with a dump truck and they dump all the oh. the food scraps that everyone scrapes off their plates and stuff at the mess hall. Well, the cruise ships got to do that too. They, but then they the horde, I mean, a, and then all, all these sharks all come, and you, and you get to well, watch the crazy shark frenzy, That'd and it's cool. like, well, no wonder they're curious when, you know, you think you're going to be feeding them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So. Wait, so was this like a refueling stop on the way back from Japan, or was it, or, or something? It was past Guam. The tour was Alaska, and then they were going to Guam, and then Johnston Island, and then back to Guam, I think, or something like that. And I met everybody in Guam, because somebody, somebody broke their foot or something. So, Well, I'm supposed to like do a, uh, a trip to... I go to um, Tahiti the end of the year. Right. I have to meet the ship in Tahiti. And then I'm going to Australia. Oh. So this is the first time I'm going to like some South Pacific islands I didn't know existed, like New Caledonia and things like this. Oh. Like I had to look it up. And, <laughs> New Caledonia. Uh, isn't that where uh, one of the Marx Brothers was yeah. from a movie? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a French-run <laughs> right. island or something. But that's, again, I would think from the South Pacific, we got all these bases, all these little islands mm-hmm. that are all left over from World War II. You know, yeah. that's like we still, you know, control. Yeah. What was Guam like? I mean, that's all, is, it, is that the U.S. territory, right? Yes. Yeah, and they got a really, they have like a couple bases there. They have a Navy base and they have a Marine base and stuff. Uh, I want to say there's almost like three bases that you do shows at. Yeah. So it's worth going, but it's like the poor man's Hawaii, you know. Um, but it's it was weird. good. Yeah, it's weird to think like Japan, right. we still have bases there. Yeah. And it's like, and Germany. Mm-hmm. It's like you know the war was a while ago. Do you think we have a lot going, in Germany? Hey, we got it from here now. A lot in Germany, <laughs> a lot in Italy. Yeah, you know that Spain, Greece, and Italy. We did like two, that's two, the tour I want. Yeah, it was great. Two weeks in Spain, Greece, and Italy, and you know, oh. and they have a lot of down days, so they take you places and stuff. And we were, <laughs> I remember, it was we were there the la- the last day we were in Pisa. Okay. They go, you want to go see the Leaning Tower? It's like, well, it's, yeah. What do you do there? Okay. So we go. You, see, you get out of the van. You look. It's leaning. All right. Is there anything else here? Or? Our last oh, guest yeah. just said <laughs> the exact same thing. I said, what do you think is overrated? And he'd been around the world. And it was like, well, something like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Right. You got to go out of the way to get there from the most, you know. Right. And once you get there, you're like, yeah, they built it badly. And it's still... <laughs> Okay. You can't go in it. Yeah. <laughs> you just look at it from the outside, it leans, and you're like, all right. Yeah, nobody's selling this well to me. And I've been in Italy a bunch, but it's like, it's been on my list. But the more I hear about it, it's like, I guess it can wait unless I'm in the neighborhood. Yes, it definitely can wait. But, the, oh, that must have been great. So you got to go to Spain? Where in Spain? Um, Ro- We were in uh, Sevilla. Oh, and, I love Sevilla. Yeah. Uh, Did you go to the bullfighting ring? No, we weren't, like I said, <clears throat> a lot of times you go and you, you're on the base and then somebody's got to coordinate to take you out sometimes. And it's kind okay. of, it, it, so you don't always 
get to go places, you know, that you you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm so close to this. And you're like, eh, like, you know, you can't <laughs> do that. And then sometimes you get to, like, like I said, I was with Maison. We went to Japan and and stuff like that. And you get to the base and you're like, all right, let's get some, we'll go off base and get some Japanese food or something like this. And the guy was like, I got you guys set up at the Italian restaurant on base. Oh, okay. It's like, yeah, we're not going to have, yeah, I'm going to eat sp- <laughs> bad spaghetti yeah. on base. You know? It was just safer for them, I guess, or just less yeah. hassle for them. And you didn't get a pass. I'm just like, you're still civilian. Some you, be f- you would you'd be able to get on and off as long as you had your stuff, but you had to have all your paperwork and stuff. Mm. But like I said, you, sometimes you travel, you know, 14 hour days just yeah. to get to the place, and once you get there, you're just like, ugh. And then you got to have a show maybe that night, or then you know. So you just, I just want to sleep. Yeah, and the then jet get lag up. going to Asia yeah. is real. So I know that much. But I mean, you, know, you talk to some soldiers, and they just go, "Yeah, I don't, I don't really go off base very much." I'm like, "What? You're like in one of the most beautiful yeah. places." Join the Navy, and, see the world. That's yeah. the whole point, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. And they're like, "Well, I, I can get a hamburger here, and I'm happy." And you're like, okay. uh, "Oh my god!" That's when you remember they're 18, <laughs> right, from exactly. like you know, Pig's Knuckle, Arkansas. It's like, <laughs> man, I ain't going out there. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. But I mean, that and it's sad in the way because you know, for for the only reason, it's like when you get to know the culture and the locals i mean you'll be a lot yeah. more respected because you know a lot of the locals don't want them there you know what i mean it, yeah. it's not like and also it's a double-edged sword because a lot of them do go out and they cause problems you know they right, get, exactly. like, get drunk or you know getting fights in the local so that's that's a problem too i mean how did you i mean afghanistan went on for 20 years i mean did you have an inkling in the early two no. thousands, are like, oh yeah, they'll still be here fifteen years from no. now. And you would go like even the, the the two times I went to Iraq, you know where we stayed the first time we were just in this abandoned like building and we had uh, sleeping bags and cots. You know, a lot of times you'd get on wherever they were going to have you. They had at least cots for you, and you just put a sleeping bag down and sleep. Uh, and then the next time i was there was like three years later it's like now it's it's where the locals sell all the the bootleg videos and all their trinkets and i was like hey we stayed there like yeah that's not we we got better barracks over here now for you and you're like oh okay so it was that's cool yeah so you got to see a little difference you know at least that time between the times you've been there so. so for any of the gigs you've done since around the country has there ever been like somebody coming from the audience afterwards going, I saw you at a base somewhere. Yes. Really? Did yeah, happen? I've had it one time. And the uh, it, was a, it was a female op- officer. I, you know, I guess they're all officers, but, you know. I don't know. But she had, she, I, was, I was working the club, and then she brought a notebook, and she had all the flyers from every com- comedy show that had come to the base that she had seen and signed, and she, like, thumb through and she goes here you are oh man and i was like oh cool because <laughs> she really she she loved the comedy when it would come through and she would see every show and then make sure she got the thing and she kept it all and it was kind of it was kind of cool but yeah yeah well to put a bow on the uso shows and stuff like that i mean would you do it anymore if they were offered right now or would you or was that like you know what i did it been there kind of done I, that i would do it and i could do it but you know, the older I get, they you know, it's hard travel. They it, it's that they it's what is that that from the, 
the Matthew McConaughey movie. Um, Tropic Thunder? No, 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 no. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Oh, yeah. Days of Confusion? Yeah, he says that I get older and they just stay, stay the, the same, same age. age. Yeah. That's, what it, that's really what it is. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, now I got, you know, full gray hair. And I was like, trying to get a 19 who's year this old, old man going to make me laugh? It's like you're you in a college gig. It is. It and is. you age out of those pretty quick. Right. So I think the last one I did, I did a aircraft carrier with uh, Murray Valeriano. And I felt old on that one yeah. a little bit. But, it, you know, it, it worked. It definitely gave me a, a lot more liking to the military. And, you know, they do a, they do a, a thankless job a, a lot of times that no one that doesn't get any, any press, anything like that. So you, you see what goes on. You know, like I said, I've done, you know, did shows for like a humanitarian mission in Haiti, which, by the way, the, probably the dirtiest, creepiest town i've ever in port-au-prince was was this that was the worst i've never seen poverty so bad there and they were doing like a humanitarian mission there where they just had <clears throat> doctors and dentists would just set up folding chairs like dentists just f- set up a folding chair and and do dentistry in a folding chair and he's like mostly we just pull teeth but you know and they would not advertise, yet they had, you know, three-day lines for somebody coming in to see a doctor or a dentist. And, you know, you don't – that doesn't get advertised here that we're doing stuff like that, you know? <laughs> that was a USO thing. That was? Okay. Yeah. So you were telling jokes there? Yeah. Oof. And we, <laughs> we slept in a warehouse that had – they would make – they'd made cubicles – and uh, but the roof, there was no top to it. There was just cubicles and then mesh, like oh. screen up top, so you could hear everybody in this warehouse. Like mosquito netting, <laughs> mosquito netting. Oh. Uh, yeah, and they were like, not good for. They rain. go, how long are you here? We're like, oh, we're here a day and a half. And they go, I wouldn't shower or do anything here. You know. Yeah. They go, don't you? The water here is just terrible. So just. I wouldn't. Shocking. It's literally the, you know, I guess it's the And then course. we went to Puerto Rico in a five-star hotel yeah, the next yeah. night and scrubbed like you wouldn't, <laughs> like you wouldn't believe. It's like the, the casino. Best shower of your life. <laughs> right. We went from like the poorest of poor to a hotel where had a casino uh, and, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. I still haven't been to Haiti. You know, it's the poorest place in the Western Hemisphere. Right. And But it's weird to think that there are cruises that stop there. But... I mean, they're far out on the other side of the island, and you know, far away from the city. But it's basically they have their own, almost a private beach and dock, right? And so they encourage the people. I mean, there's tours they can take, but go right from the ship right to the bus and right back to the. You right. know, there's no stopping. And so they're like, "Oh, this will help the local economy." It's like, not. It's not really. Because the local, you know, they yeah. try to shield you from the locals and the right and everything. And you would see differences in the locals when we were there i mean you saw really you know poverty stricken dirty conditions and people who you know you know obviously they're not washing clothes or anything Mm -hmm. like that and then you go like a mile across the way and you see people fairly well dressed and stuff and i go i go what's going on over here and they go oh all these people who are dressed nicer they all work sewing clothes in the factories and stuff like that oh 
So they have like so they had more money and they could they, they could, could take afford some of the clothes that they're working. You right exactly. Ugh. You know so yeah, it's incredible, and it's so close. We think of all this stuff of yeah. being like a. Well, they, just think about that so island. Just away. think about that island. You you have Haiti, which is horrible, and all the way top. Mm-hmm. You have the Dominican Republic, which is you know people yeah. vacation there. Well, we get all our baseball players. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. But you can literally see the border from space. Because, like, the Haiti side has been, like, uh, the agriculture and stuff is just, the, the earth has just been trashed. Right. And, like, so the Dominican side will be green. And then <laughs> you right. see the brown half of the island. Yeah, exactly. It's really frightening. So you grew up around here. We'll mm-hmm. get back to America here just real quick. But So you grew up around here. And have you seen, even before you started touring comedy, much of America? No. Other than... Comedy wise, you what know, did you like, learn like when you first started getting out in America? Because I always wonder about the kids who grow up here because it's so nice and beautiful and you know the best weather in the world right. and there's mountains and ocean and it's like fantasy land well, I, I, as a kid. I, just, I dreamed about this place and you were like, I didn't think you would sit around and dream about growing up in uh, no, you know, but it was just Chicago. Wi- like I wi- <laughs> really wide eyed. Really, I guess I was just trying to take it all in. I mean, I grew up with you know neighbors that were from. Uh, they were Italian, literally from Sicily, and mm-hmm. the mother was from Tunisia. And, oh, wow. And, you know, so I have, and then the neighbors on the other side, they were Romanian mm-hmm. and stuff. So I, you, you you talk to them, you learn about stuff, but you never really saw it. So when, when I get to, got, you know, to get to go to sea, you know, when you get to go to Italy and stuff, it's like, you know, it's really kind of cool, you know. Well, yeah, well, that, that's the one thing about it. I think is like the more you travel, you realize that every every place is very similar. Meaning, every town you go to, there are very very nice places and very horrible areas. You know, yeah, I every mean, city, I, I remember, every city you know, like that, yeah. going on a run in in Baltimore. Like, man, this is beautiful. I'm down by the wharf. I'm like, I'm going to go up this street. Next Ooh. thing you know, you look, you go, I, I, I don't no, think I should be rough. here. I don't think I should be here. I better turn around, you know. And that's like, you go a block different, you know. Yeah, New Orleans is like that, too. People are like yes. on Bourbon Street. And you're yes. like, yeah, this is fun. Let's take a walk. over. like, oh, two blocks over. You know what? Let's turn around. Let's, uh, yeah. Let's I remember I was, I, was in, I was in New Orleans on Halloween, and it, it wasn't dark yet, so I thought, oh, I'm going to walk down. As, as if it's not festive enough normally <laughs> right. there. But I'm walking down, like, Bourbon Street. I'm like, this is kind of fun. You start to see the, you know, the bars are opening up, and you're, you're seeing people, you know, dressed in, in uh, Halloween outfits and stuff like that. And I got, I think I went about, about two blocks a little too far, and I peeked in the bar, and the bartender was wearing a jock strap and... <laughs> Devil horns, and that was it. I went. I think I'm too far down this street. <laughs> or are you in the perfect place? Depends on how you want. Exactly your night to true. Go. True. Yeah. So yeah, anything's open. What were some of your? Um, do you have like favorite cities? So now you tour with Brian a lot. Yeah. Are there regions you go back to? You're like, you know what? I'm really looking forward to getting back there. Well, when I was like really traveling, I mean, I still travel with Brian and stuff like that, and we go to. Nice cities, but you also go to small cities too. Like I said, I'm leaving tomorrow. We're going to go to Shippensburg, Pennsylvania, and is that Amish country? I have to look it up. It might be. We just did an Amish country thing. Was that last trip we did? It was interesting. They're into comedy. The Amish? Did they come out to the show? I mean, I don't know if 
how many came out to the show. Yeah, I don't know if they can do but that. But there was like, there was different, I didn't realize that there were the different Amish sects. Well, there's Mennonites. Right. And then there's Amish. The, yeah, well, the, I think the Mennonites still allow so, some electricity. Yeah, they're like Amish light. Yeah, and I mean, they still had the horse and buggy, but it, you know, yeah. it had a stereo, you know? It's right, right. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no the lights just, or whatever. But you music. drive through and you're like, hey, there's a light on in that house. This is bullshit. Right. You know, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, you forget what a gigantic country this is, you yes. know, and how diverse it is, and it's, you know, it's huge. Yeah, but I like, it's favorite cities. I always enjoyed going to Atlanta. What that was it? always a fun. Why? I don't know. It was I don't a get fun, Atlanta. It was well. I don't get Atlanta. At the time, and I don't get Houston. And all at, due respect to our fans, that right? Are listening. At the time, at the time, uh, the club there was amazing. It was the the punchline. The punchline. Yeah. In, in Atlanta, in in uh, was it Sandy Springs or anyway? So, I don't remember. Uh, but it was amazing. The club was just one of the best clubs ever, and the staff was amazing. So it was always fun just to go and just do shows because okay. the audiences were great, stuff like that. And I was playing. Uh, a lot of golf. I would travel with my oh. clubs constantly. And I was opening a lot of times with Henry Cho. All right. Okay. And so, Henry, we would go and do radio in the mornings. But before we would go on air, uh, Henry would ask the DJs, like, what's like the best country club in this city? You know? And the guy was like, well, if you can get on like Hidden Hills, he says, that's, he says, but that's private country club. He goes, all right, well, just ask me about golf. And I'm like, you know, and they went like, all right, so Henry Cho's here. Like, like uh, you, you bring your golf clubs? Like, yeah, I'm, I want to get out to Hidden Hills, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, hard it's, a, it's hard to get in like this. <laughs> uh, man, clever. if anybody's a member out there, we'd love to get out there and play like this. And invariably, somebody would call in. Oh, that's smart. And say, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll get you guys out there. I'm a member, something like this. And then you would make a friend in that city. And then the next time through, you know, like, right. hey, you know, you call them the week before and say, hey, I'm coming out. And they go, we saw your name on the calendar. We already got tea time set up oh, for bang, great. bang, bang. You'd get them and their friends in and then hang out and drink with them right. after the show. And they the show. just had a blast. And we had a blast because we got to play amazing golf. So <laughs> there was a lot of cities that we had total golf just played amazing courses set up for free, you oh. know. So I always had fun in Atlanta. I always had fun in Austin, Texas. Uh, and I still have lots of friends and stuff there. Uh, and Phoenix was always very good. Chicago was always fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah, some um, towns are, and, you know, I tell people who aren't, I'll see the, uh, for people who can't hear, there's a, we're next to the driveway. Oh, yeah, we're right so by the driveway. You hear that car starting. In the winter, I can close that door and be nice and cool in here, but I would get too stuffy right here in the summer. So <laughs> she's pulling away. That's the neighbor. Come on, pull away. You can hear that? Maybe not. Maybe I don't not. know. I don't know. But I'm acknowledging it. If yeah, can hear exactly. It or not. <laughs> I got to acknowledge it. It's like, did a car just start in the studio? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's... Um, like, it's, what, are, what are your favorite places? Well, there was favorite cities, and then there's favorite clubs, and they're not always in the, in the right. favorite cities, you know? Right. Like, Minneapolis, the Acme Comedy Club in Minneapolis is one of the best rooms in the country still. Right. Uh, you know, it's been a while since I've been touring like I used to, but I just remembered looking forward to going there all the time because it was such a great run club and right. comics still rave about it. Like, there was a. And, you know, and it's about how they run the club, but also the crowd that comes out. 
you know, if they're just like a rowdy bunch of, you know, idiot, that's a different. But if they cultivate a good comedy crowd, you know, and they bring in good comics and they're used to seeing good comedy and they're just smart, fun crowds. Right. Minneapolis was always great. Uh, Madison, Wisconsin, and mm-hmm. places like, you know, Bloomington, Indiana, right. the treehouse there. And, and um, yeah, just little things like that. And of course, any big city was always fun. Chicago was great, you know, and plus I, you know, that's one place I could draw because that's where right. I was from. Um, there was clubs in Kansas City that were really good. Austin was fun. Right. Um, New Orleans is a great city, it is, but it's a bad comedy town. Bad comedy town. They, they just can't support a club down there. There's not they tried. It. It's a music town, but it's not a They tried town. at one point and I opened it up. Uh, it was called Storyville and it was, it was owned by Taylor Hackford. The director. The director. And, uh, in fact, when it wasn't quite open yet, we were going to do the grand open. It was like me and Harry Anderson. Wow. Okay. And Jay Johnson, the ventriloquist, were going to do the grand opening. Uh, They still hadn't opened yet, and there was like a woman putting uh, colored gels on the the window panes and stuff like that. (laughs) Helen Mirren. That's oh, that was his wife, right? Yeah, exactly. It was just like it was just crazy. Yeah, but they and it was it was a big club, and they they just couldn't make comedy work there. Yeah. And it was so it was so big too yeah, that they, they would have built it. Yeah, it would have to. They had live music in after the comedy show sometimes. And, yeah, I remember there's an improv there that it was open for a little while, and it, mm-hmm. just, it just couldn't make it after a while. Yeah. But I mean, any kind of any city like that to go visit right. is always is always great. Like I said, Jacksonville used to have a punchline, and that was just it was just so much fun because the yeah. people that ran it were like our friends, and we would golf with like every single day with them, and then we'd shower and then go to the show. But you'd sit in the back in the office and play cards all night, and they had a wait part of the wait one wow. of the waitresses station. She had to make sure that. The office was taken care of. Oh, right, everybody yeah. playing poker. She would. You need a beer. You need a beer. <laughs> and so, it literally, you were like you'd have a good hand, and someone like they're, they're just introducing you, Gary. Like, oh, what? Okay. I got a hold. <laughs> yeah, Side Splitters in Houston was always like an amazing club right. in the nineties, and 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 that was another one of those. It's like Houston, and I don't mean to demean it or anything, but it's a massive city. But I don't get the appeal of it in terms of like. I know the local, if you grew up there, that's your hometown. Right. But to a visitor, it's really spread out. It's like the size of L.A. Right, exactly. Um, but without the mountains or the glamour. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> with more humidity right. and a little more of that oil refinery smell. Yeah, exactly. And just like, I just don't get it. There's no really, like, there's cool neighborhoods, but it's really spread out and really, it's, yeah. it's not, yeah. And I found Atlanta to be kind of the same way, too. But again, the clubs is, could be... But- Great, the club yeah. was great. Like I said, and they, you know, they were very, they were very similar in the fact of at uh, like the club in Minneapolis, Acme. They would, yeah. you know, they have good, strong comics, and they built a, a really an audience that knew anytime you went to the punchline, it was going to be fun. Yeah, you know, stuff like that. So that's great. that's what made that. Well, now you're traveling around with Brian. Yeah, Brian Regan. And how long have you been opening for him? Um. Probably, well, he and I have been friends for over 25 years. Wow. Uh, we met at the, I would tell you this, we met 
the very first time we worked together was in the Washington D.C. Improv, and uh, he headlined the first part of the week, and then over the weekend uh, he was middling, and the headliner then was Ellen DeGeneres, was okay. still doing shows at clubs. That was a while ago. Yeah, and uh, two of the nights of that whole week, uh, a young upcoming comedian by the name of Dave Chappelle would drop in and do shows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was right. just And he was like fifteen or yes, something. Yes, right? exactly. But he was hilarious, but you but he was just bopping in to do a quick set and it was like crazy, you know? Wow. But so Brian and I had been and then we would, we had worked a handful of times at the Atlanta Punchline and in uh Tempe, Arizona, at the club, and then we just became friends and hung out. And then when he started doing theaters, he was just he brought he brought me along. So, so, like I said, and I'm not the only one that opens for him. You know, he right. spreads the wealth. There's like you know four, four or five different people that he uses. And stuff well, like you get that, to so. get your plugs in now because yes. uh, this airs tomorrow. Okay, so you're gonna you're getting on a plane tomorrow too. You're going. I'm um, yeah. Tomorrow I'm going to Charleston, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh. And then fun town, and, and then um, you'd think I'd have it all written down, wouldn't you? <laughs> Knowing I was going to go to Maryland or something. I'm going to Shippensburg, uh, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania sure. on the Sunday, and then uh, Virginia. I am going to be. That's on the Saturday. I'm going to be. Um, right, you're a. Um, Newport News. Newport Virginia. News, okay. Newport News. So it's funny because, like, and then he's going to come here and play in Palos <laughs> Verdes, and you're not doing that one. Um, yeah, yeah. Where, ten literally minutes 10 minutes from my house, I'm not on that run at all. You're going across country right. uh, during hurricane season <laughs> on the East Coast. Yeah, and then I, then I actually picked up some dates from him uh, a little before I came here. So oh, great. Uh, in October, uh, October 18th, I'll be in uh, Keene, New Hampshire. And then oh, it's gonna be beautiful. It's gonna be leaf changing, leaf changing, yeah. all that stuff. And then during that run, uh, Toronto, Ontario, Atlantic City, New Jersey, and Sugarloaf, New York. Okay, so yeah, so that, those are in the. So yeah, either you know, go to my website or go to Brian Regan's. Uh, yeah, BrianRegan.com. BrianRegan.com, and I'm GaryBrightwell.com or GaryBrightwellComedy.com. Okay, and then I already plugged in the intro that you're Gary underscore Brightwell and underscore, Instagram. Yep, because some okay. hump in England has Gary Brightwell. <laughs> some hump. <laughs> He's got one picture of his his uh, BMW X3. That's uh, yeah. it. That's it. Yeah, lock up that uh, website. Yeah, you better. <laughs> if they was paying for it, it would be mine. But uh, yeah, when I started there, because you, you know that guy with the one picture, he ain't gonna com- continue paying right. for it. The 90s, I was trying to get MikeSiegel.com. I said, there, there's like a radio guy. Yeah. Who I'm, he may have passed away. I don't even know anymore. I mean, I could easily look it up right now. But um, but yeah, he had taken MikeSiegel.com, MikeSiegel.net, which were like the two big options at the time, you know? And I couldn't get them. Right. So it ended up being FunnyMike.com, which is easier to spell. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. You ever have to try to explain what underscore is? <laughs> You say Gary underscore parent. Brightwell. Is that What's with a U underscore? Is, is that an underscore with a U? <laughs> uh, no, you don't write out underscore. <laughs> um, okay, how about a speed round before we go? The okay. uh, Are you aisle or window? Uh, aisle. Me too. 
always aisle. Uh, right? Yes. You get more room. Every, it is more room. And people say, no, you get room at the window. Well, nah, no, you don't. To yeah, I don't like no, being don't. trapped in there. No. Uh, and I would, and I'm, I'm still that guy. If I'm going to sleep, I will tell the people next to me, if you got to go to the bathroom, wake me up. I don't, don't feel freaked out. You're not hurting my feelings, you know. <laughs> right. So, you know, I'll do that. So yeah. What's one thing you can't uh, travel without? Uh, headphones. Okay. What's the craziest thing you drank in another country? Oh, in Okinawa, we drank some kind of liquor that had a, a rattlesnake or some kind of local snake in it, and it was nasty, nasty. <laughs> oh, it was... So those things they give to tourists to see, they yeah. mess with them and see, oh, this is a local delicacy. It's like, you don't drink that. Come on. Have you ever had figgin? What is that? It's like a fig-flavored vodka. No. We had that in... In our tour, like I think we we're in Norway. Yeah, I was gonna say it's probably Scandinavia. It was somewhere. really, uh, it was, it was like you took a shot and you were like, "Oh my god, I could get." This Figs, is like, this is like, good. yes, but I mean, it, it's like, it's like drinking syrup. It was oh, like right, so right. good. It yeah. was super sweet and good. You know, yeah. salmiaki. Have you ever had that? That was in yeah. Norway as well. It was like kind of like a, a licorice, almost like a. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kind of like a Jägermeister, but it was much better. It had that first shot of like, ooh, licorice, because I'm not a fan of. But then it had a saltiness to it. Oh. And then it was just buttery smooth. And I was like, ooh, yeah. So <laughs> okay. It was good. And I think they made that with vodka and like some kind of licorice candies that they... Oh, well, I did have they, that. They put it in a jar and then stick it in the dishwasher. Yeah, okay. Helsinki. Yeah. That's what I learned. You, you, can, uh, you can make vodka taste like anything. If you <laughs> right. soak it long enough, you know, <laughs> right. they would literally put candies. Like, it was almost, almost like jelly beans. That's how, yeah, that's how they did this. It yeah. was like a licorice candy. I did have that. I yeah. did have that. It was really good. Yeah, I had a crazy night in Helsinki. That was fun. Yeah. Um, weirdest thing you ever ate? Um, did they give you any crazy animal to try somewhere? No. Okay, you never did the insects or anything like that? No, I didn't. I, I didn't do that. We ate... One time when we were in Korea, uh, John Bazaar and I, we did all the drinking with everybody up and down the hill, or just out in Seoul. And then we sat down to have food. And then we all had food, and then a couple of guys went back to the hotel, and John goes, I want to stay here all night. And just eat and drink. And he says, because I want to see this place turn over in the, in the you know, in, when, when the sun comes up. Wow. And so we did. We were, God, we were so drunk. We <laughs> ate just on the street, sitting at this thing. The guy just kept making us stuff. We just kept paying. And then the sun comes up, and then they start, you know, the big hoses hooked, right. it, hooked into the fire hydrants. are just cleaning <laughs> the street. And we're drunk. John Bizarre. I, I probably shouldn't tell the story, but he's been on the show. Oh, okay. So yeah. it was hilarious. He was wearing white pants, <laughs> and he stepped off a curb. Didn't realize the curb was so high, and fell flat on his on his face. But but he caught himself with his hands, but scraped his hands. Oh. So he got up, and there was just mud and dirt from the street, from them squirting the street off. And then his hands are bleeding, so he ran, he ran his hands on his shirt and then his <laughs> pants. So he's, he's dirty and bloody. And we walk back to the hotel, and we're about ready to get the ele elevator. And he goes, 
think we can get a beer here? <laughs> it was nine in the morning. And sure enough, bloody, dirty John Bazaar and I <laughs> sat in the lobby of the hotel and had one more beer. Oh, God. And now he's sober. Exactly. Exactly. You wonder why he's sober now. That's so funny. Oh, he might have told that story. He was on years ago, but yeah, he's what an amazing. He is. He is an amazing guy character. to travel with. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, he talked about living in Amsterdam. For well, years. we did Amsterdam he was, with him. Uh, heroin. He was on heroin. We went to Amsterdam with him after uh, oh. after like an, uh, a week in Afghanistan and stuff like well, that. The perfect tour guide. Perfect tour guide. He took us or the worst. The, Both. Yeah, yeah, for your it health. was great and yeah, like, oh. dangerous. Yes, exactly. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Well, finally, what do you think? All this um, travel and all the things you've seen. How has it changed you as a person, and how has it changed uh, the way you look at people? And and oh, the I'm world? much more open minded and accepting of people in other cultures, whereas a lot of people, even in my family, are just you know. I'm very closed off where it's, yeah, it's definitely has changed me. You know, like I said, I, growing up, you know, we you would see stuff on television from Europe and my mom would go, looks like that whole place needs a coat of paint. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> what about the, uh, what about the culture and the, yeah. and you know, the, no the fact that, that the fact that it's been around for, <laughs> yeah, for, it's 3,000 years for old. 3,000 years old. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, it doesn't that? look yeah. like Vegas. Yeah, exactly. So I've been, you know. I have a little bit more appreciation for things like that rather than don't get me wrong, I still have my cynicism, but sure. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I mean it broadens your mind. I mean it's just like Right, exactly. You realize most people are just people. They're just trying to get to work and you it's know, all it is. Like, it's raise a family and just there's good parts of Right. There's good parts of Greece and bad parts of good Greece. Parts of every city. Every city. Bad, just yep. don't go to that neighborhood, don't go to that one. Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, yeah. Same exactly. thing here. Yeah. But yeah, I appreciate you doing this. Thanks Thank you. For listening the uh the new, uh, the, the new, new studio, quote unquote studio. Yeah, but uh, thanks for uh, being my host in the neighborhood too. I appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for having me, Gary Brightwell. Everybody. Mm-hmm.